Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet, and today I have a beautiful returning guest to the show, one of my besties. She has been absent from the show for a while now, so we have to catch up and see what's going on. Dr. Shannon, how are you, my dear? I am so good, and I'm thrilled to be back. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I bet the listeners are super happy, too. I hope so. <laughs> so I want you to tell me, because we were out of touch for a little while, what has been going on and what sparked the change in your life? Um, yeah, the, so I've had quite a lot going on in my life. Um, so it's been uh, almost two years ago now, I ended up getting a divorce. And, um, which came at the end of a very well long for me, long campaign trail, um, to try to get on our school board. So, um, that year was a really horrible year. Um, mm -hmm. and then the rest of that year there, it was like blows just kept coming. So I kind of went under a rock for a little bit. Um, and honestly didn't really talk to a lot of people. Um, I just kind of needed some time and space to figure out what, what direction was up. And um, lost my job that year, uh, five days before Christmas, actually. Oh, and fantastic. Yeah. Merry um, Christmas to you. <laughs> exactly. And my dog, <clears throat> she slipped a disc in her back, my favorite dog, Midgey, um, and wasn't sure if she was going to make it. And I literally took her to a doggy chiropractor and used a scarf to rehabilitate her and teach her how to walk again. And so she's about 97% back. Um, I call her winky wonky now because sometimes her back end gets a little out of control because um, I don't think she regained full, full control of it. But mm -hmm. um, she's alive and she can walk and she can get herself outside. And um, But that was a very long road as well. My kids started going back and forth between houses for the first time. And um, so just lots and lots of changes. Then the top of the next year, <laughs> um, my uh, house loan, I was trying to keep it because thanks to um, a certain presidential candidate that is <laughs> running again, um, I have a very low interest rate on my home. And so I was doing what's called a loan assumption to try to keep that, but I didn't have any W-2 wages. And so the search for the job was on. And I have a doctorate level education and I was not getting any bites on my resume at and all. I want to say I'm glad that you mentioned that because there are so many people out there who have been looking for work and they're so highly discouraged because no one's calling back. Yeah. And it doesn't matter like the level of education, doesn't matter your degree, like people are just not getting phone calls. But yet you see help wanted signs literally everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was seriously willing to be a barista again if it would make me enough to pay the bills. Like I didn't mm -hmm. care. I just, um, you know, I was trying to figure out who I was. Uh, my relationship, I was 19 when we started the relationship and it was a 23 year relationship. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I was trying to figure out who I really was, where I wanted to land, what I wanted to do. Did I want to be back in the healthcare world? And when I say that, um, I have my master's in health administration. So I was operating clinics, um, in the Western medicine world mm -hmm. the whole time, the whole time I was in that world, I felt 
um, that I was not aligned with that because I, I believe very differently as is indicative of all the shows that I've done with you. I'm mm -hmm. very natural wellness and that um, seems to be more what I align with, what I believe in. Um, I believe there's a place for it all, but my place is more in the natural wellness side of things. Mm -hmm. So um, trying to figure all of that out and not getting anybody to so much as call me for an interview. I wasn't even getting calls, nothing. I had put at one point over a hundred applications out and nothing. And so um, I was doing odd things here and there. I tiled a floor in a house. So I learned how to tile floors. Um, you know, I, I was literally ready to do anything, whatever it mm -hmm. was going to take. Um, and close to, well, it was early September. I finally got offered a position as a clinic administrator again. And it was a six figure income. And I thought, okay, I'm back. I'm going to do what I know. Um, and, and, you know, try to buy myself some time a little bit just to figure out, you know, the next steps while I at least have financial means to contribute to the household. And, um, that lasted three months when I started, it was, it was early October when I started and, um, I ended up walking out right after the first of the year. Um, I realized with the help of a, a gal, um, I don't know what you call her. She's not a therapist, but she repatterns your brain, um, doing a lot of the type of work that I do. She just mm -hmm. does a very different version of it. And so after my second visit with her, I um, things started to really kind of, I was starting to awaken to things that I didn't realize that I was doing. For example, kind of the, the, straw that broke the camel's back was she said to me, you know, you listen to what everyone else says about you and try to fix those things, but you're not listening to what you say about you and mm -hmm. who you really are. Right. And, um, little by little that, so that's energy work. And that took a, a day or two. Hold on one second. I just have to get Midgey up on the couch. Sure. Sorry, she would have barked at me forever if I didn't do that. <laughs> um, Pay attention, mom. I know. Dang and it. she just sits on her little pillow like a princess. So <laughs> she's good now. All's right with the world. But um, yeah, so I just slowly with energy that as the energy unblocks and you start to go about your day and live your life, you all of a sudden are awakened to things you weren't awakened to before. And I started noticing how often it was people were saying, you're this, you're that, you're like this, you do that. And they started, it was almost like accusatory in nature. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, no, I don't like, I didn't do that on purpose. I'm not doing these things, you know, with any kind of intent. And then I started getting kind of, you know, hot and bothered about it. And I, and I started to defend myself more. And it got to a point where I realized so heavily that I did not belong in that world anymore, that it felt like even the cells of my body were kind of revolting. And, mm -hmm. and I, um, I just could not even hardly cross the threshold to that clinic anymore. Did you get like to the point where you would pull in the parking lot and you felt sick to your stomach, yes. nauseous, yes, just like, uh, uh. Like physically revolting. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. And walking into the place, like it, I could feel my spirit dying. If that, mm -hmm. I mean, just like the inside of me, I just, 
I got home and I didn't want to do anything. And natural wellness is who I am. I really believe that. I've done it for 16 and a half years. I didn't even want to do that. And I would come home and do nothing but bitch and moan and gripe and complain about work and the dumb things that they would do. And, you know, why was I surprised? Because this was yeah, right. the <laughs> same shit, different day, you know, just a different place. And um, I'm like, what was I thinking? I even knew when I accepted the job that I wasn't going to like it because I don't like that type of healthcare. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, but it's a good paycheck. And I'm sorry to even admit that out loud, but sometimes I think we need to because- right. Um, you know, the journey is perfect. And I believe that I was meant to go back to work even for those three months because I really needed to kind of be pushed out by, let's just say the universe, like the universe right. was saying, finally, are you going to listen to what I've been trying to tell you for 16 and a half years? You don't belong here. You're now starting to awaken to who you really are. And you're, you're not listening any longer to what people are telling you about you. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do about it? You know, and that's when I started to get this crashing feeling, um, not quite of regret, but kind of of guilt because here I had been given this gift and, um, I have a lot of intuition when it comes to natural wellness, like, um, and it, it hits differently, different points in time and depending on the person, but like, right. I can look at a person and just inherently know, oh, they need this thing. And it may not be the entire thing that they need, but, um, it might be exactly what they need to unlock the next step. And right. I, so I kind of have this intuitive thing at which I'd like to get better at honing by seeing more clients and stuff and doing it more often. But, um, I finally thought, you know, I have been treating this as a hobby for the last 16 and a half years when I have dreams about it. Um, I, everyone that, that comes to me and asks for help. I'm they're actually getting relief and they're getting help. The few clients that I was seeing on that part-time basis, cause I did it in my free time. Um, they were improving at, greatly like the, probably the most improvement I'd ever seen in all of the 16 years I'd ever helped people. And I was like, why am I not doing this? Like it seriously lights me on fire to hear that somebody is, you know, getting their life back. They are getting help, their health back um, I have a little 14 year old girl as a client and her mom would just text me regularly and say, she's gaining time on her swim or losing time on her swim. So she's swimming faster. <laughs> I always say that backwards. Um, and she's getting healthier. She's our girl. We're getting our girl back. And it would literally almost bring me to tears because I was so freaking happy. And they had taken her to the Western medicine docs and they misdiagnosed her. They handed them a piece of paper with exercises on it and then charged them $500 to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and the stuff that I've been doing with her has been, you know, she's eager to come and see me. And her mom was like, she's not eager to go see doctors ever. <laughs> she always wants to come see me because she knows it's, it's adding value and it's helping her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that feeling I'll never... I I don't ever want to feel anything different. Like I love that feeling more than anything. It's like an addiction that I have to seeing people heal and, and get better. And I love it. And knowing that I'm building this from the bottom because I left with nothing, like I didn't have, you know, stockpiles of money sitting there. I did not do this very wise. I did it in faith. And mm -hmm. I, I truly believe that when I step into the alignment of who I was created to be, the road will come up to meet my next step. And I will have what I need. But in the in the past weeks that I've been doing this full time, 
I have never been happier in my life to and, not have regular money coming in. <laughs> you know, and it's it's such a a beautiful thing what you said when when you can do something for somebody that's outside of the Western medicine mumbo jumbo. It almost provides you like a high. Yes. And and it's like euphoric and and I love having that feeling. I've had that, you know, ever since I stopped. Um, yeah. My job, my job as well, because now I can do focus on, you know, like natural health stuff at home and doing things for other people out of my house or whatever. And I love it. I don't make shit for money because I always do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it so much. And like we were talking earlier about the physical sick feeling that you get from working somewhere that you really dislike. That was my last job before mm -hmm. I retired. I was like, every day I would pull in the parking lot and I thought, Lord, just let me not vomit in my car because yep. I hate this job so much. I don't like the people. Mm -hmm. They are so behind the times. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're talking about. They don't like anything natural, holistic, whatever. It's like every every patient, you can't do anything to help them. You have to refer them somewhere to something even more expensive. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Yeah. You have the tools. We could do it here. Why? Yeah. Nope. Mm -mm. And, you know, I tell people, like, I do believe there's a place for Western medicine. Um, my son needed mm -hmm. it years ago. I'm writing my book about that still. Um, I need to get it finished. But, um, you know, he needed surgery for a structural issue in his body. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we do need that, that kind of science medicine um, for trauma, for, um, you know, any accidents like lacerated spleens and things like that. Yes, we do need that. Mm -hmm. I will, I will maintain, however, that primary care is a farce in the Western medicine system, right? Because we can do a better job for ourselves at home. And mm -hmm. when I see so many people coming to their primary care docs just to declare them healthy, and it's like, why don't you know that? Like, why mm -hmm. don't you know that you're healthy? And why are you taking pills to be declared healthy. It doesn't make any sense. Don't take antidepressants mm -hmm. and tell me that you're healthy. And by the way, 90% uh, of the um, diagnoses of, of depression is actually bad nutrition. If mm -hmm. we actually just fed ourselves better at home, uh, you know, from a garden rather than a gas station, then right. we probably wouldn't have those depressive um, issues that are causing us lack of sleep. That's the other thing. Not enough sleep or good quality sleep is also going to make a person depressed because they're not awake and they're not feeling at their best. So then they go and get medicated for it. And so nine, nine times out of 10, it's actually a misdiagnosis. And that should be a felony for those doctors. I'm sorry, well, that should be a felony. I 100% agree with that. And, and I always say it's like a cocktail whenever you go in and, and you're sad or whatever. And so they tell you, you have depression with anxiety or depression with uh, panic attacks or whatever. And so they have to prescribe you a cocktail of medication yeah. because one pill will not do you. Yeah. 
and we've so got to, we've it, got to wreck the whole liver. I mean, why just like mess it up a little? We got to wreck the thing, you know, mm -hmm. just throw chemicals in it. And, and, you know, when a detoxification program, a regular one, like even twice a year will keep people clean enough and they won't be getting colds. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's that fun. It, it just kind of makes me funny when they're like, oh, well, you know, I get my cold cancel clear, um, you know, at this time of year, every year. And it's right. like, what? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. You're getting a cold because your body's so full that it's trying to say, time out. I just need a break. Now I'm going to snot and try to get rid of all of the toxins. Mm -hmm. Your body's built to detoxify itself naturally in many ways. Even women, every single month, we've got a detoxification program mm -hmm. that happens, <laughs> you know, and um, all of that was the way our bodies were designed. And so it, your body's telling you something. It's not because you caught something. Right. Um, that's the other, that's the other thing, but you know, that world has taught, you know, fear and it's, it's, we've been taught like, oh, you can catch this. So everybody's living in fear that they're going to catch this thing when it's like, if you actually did detox, you know, a couple times a year and took really good nutrition, you'd never see a cold and you would not even really get GI bugs even unless it's food poisoning because, um, you know, unless you really did station. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love that. Right. I dogs. love that analogy because that's like a running joke with us. If we're out running errands or something and he'll be like, what do you want to eat? And, and of course at the time I'm not hungry for anything specific and I don't know. And he'll be like a hot dog from the gas station. And I'm <laughs> like, no, <laughs> that's like sushi at the gas station. Pass. Right. Yeah. Up that to a chili dog, please. From, you know, the Hormel canned chili. <laughs> I'll pass on that too. Yeah. Yeah. Same. <laughs> well, you had a, you had a lot going on. So I want to ask you, um, with the marriage, because you were in it for such a long time, how big of a shift and a change was that for you? to not have that relationship anymore? Um, honestly, it was kind of a relief. Um, that's more what I felt because um, there was a lot of emotional trauma um, that I didn't honestly realize I was under. I, I did not realize um, the pressure of that energy, that constant criticism and the constant mm -hmm. negative energy that I was right. getting just all the time. And when that energy is gone, it's sort of like, it's like just this absence from your life. It was interesting. I had um, my family, my sisters, especially, they were like, we got our sister back, you know? And I, I would say, what do you mean? And they were like, well, you're no offense, but you're not an asshole. And I don't think I necessarily <laughs> really was an asshole, but I was a little sharper, you know, because I was constantly just pinched all the time. It was right. Cause that's what you were always getting. Yeah. The second I'd get in the car, I'd get just chipped at and, you know, for driving wrong for, um, what I said to my parents or whatever happened, like I would do something wrong. And then I'd just be hearing about it in the car all the way home. And then it would be separate levels of the house for the rest of the night. Like that's mm -hmm. how I lived. And, um, it was just, I didn't know that that, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know there was gaslighting. I didn't know there was, you know, um, emotional abuse. I didn't know that's what you'd call it. Mm -hmm. Um, so when people say that that is a little bit worse than the physical, because physical, you can see bruises, you know? Right. Um, and I even fell into that trap. I had to, um, 
actually later that year, right, right around the time that Midge's back went out, um, I almost had to file a restraining order. I had to change the locks. I had to, my parents put a camera on their front step because he went to their house and, um, like yelled at my parents on their front doorstep. Um, you know, there was a lot and why? of, what, what the hell do your parents have to do with anything? Well, that particular reason was because they had sent, um, my son with some leftover Thanksgiving food and it was on Thanksgiving day that year. And he was mad that they had Thanksgiving with me and my guy that I was dating that I am dating. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, you know, challenged them and said, where do your loyalties lie? And why would you ever, you know, break bread with that guy? And um, so he tossed the food back at him and yelled at them. My mom even slammed the door in his face because he was just yelling at her. She invited him in to talk and he wouldn't come in. And um, it just, it just got out of control. And um, I urged my parents to call and talk to his sergeant. Um, and, you know, that's dangerous. Like he had just gotten off shift and it doesn't matter like whether they were off or on duty. Um, you know, they kind of are held to a little bit of a higher standard. And I, I just, I understood that he was all emotional and everything, but my parents had nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. They were just trying, they knew he was by himself for that holiday. And um, they were trying to do a nice thing. And he just, he just got crazy. And I had, I had people constantly say to me, like, change your locks. And I kept thinking, no, like I lived with this guy for 23 years. Like I don't need to change the locks, but his behavior was getting more and Erratic. more radical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was like, I talked to a victim witness advocate actually before I filed because, um, he is a police officer. And I said, what's the chance of this actually getting granted? What's the chance that they're going to believe this about me? Um, and you know, we had a lot of really great conversations, but it wasn't until she called me a domestic violence victim mm -hmm. that I lost it. I started bawling. I had never even considered that before, but when mm -hmm. somebody who works in that field is telling me, honey, that's what was going on. Like you are a victim of domestic violence. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my God. And, um, that one took me out a little bit. That one took my breath away. However, I don't want to get stuck in a victim mentality about that. And I, right. I told myself that I was not going to play victim to that. So um, I, at, when I started seeing this gal to repattern me, that was the first appointment, actually. And this is really interesting. So um, she does muscle testing and it's energy work before we do um, what's called tapping. And you, you know, you tap. Uh, mm -hmm. certain patterns. And then she has you rephrase um, like the truth basically. Right. And uh, there was one point where she looked at me and she's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. You know, and I'm, I'm bawling for most of this appointment because this was the first one. And she said, um, are you, what are you feeling right now? Is that fear? And I was like, I don't know. Like I was just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. And I said, I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Well, as soon as that got that appointment was over, I got in my car cause I had to race to an appointment and, um, I felt so sick all of a sudden, like almost ready to vomit. And I, I have a pretty strong stomach and I did not even have food in my gut. So like to feel that strong that I was going to throw up was really strange, but I had to get to this appointment. So I was like, I can't deal with this. I'm not thinking about it. And it was over about as fast as it came on. And when she checked on me the next day, to see how I was taking the session, I told her about it. And she said, well, it doesn't surprise me because that energy came out of your solar plexus. And um, 
it was, it was really weird because that was the only place in my body. I felt a physical manifestation of nausea. And mm -hmm. that's where all of that, um, that trauma was held was in my gut. And mm -hmm. that's why she was saying, was that, is that fear that you're experiencing? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm feeling, but my stomach was like quivering, which was really weird. Cause that's not how I cry, but that's what was happening. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she even talked about violence cycles and said that I had been stuck in a violence cycle. And this is stuff that was muscle tested from my subconscious. And so my subconscious knew the truth and, um, you know, and it was very, very true. And it, so it wasn't, so she repatterned me for that. And I, you know, I, I see her regularly to be repatterned. So it's not like a one and done thing, but I'll mm -hmm. tell you like great strides were made after that. And it's not this explosive, like the second, the hours over, everything changes. It takes a couple of days and then it starts, mm -hmm. my life just kind of starts showing up different, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I've only seen her two times so far. My third appointment with her is actually tomorrow. And I am so excited to see what she's going to unblock next because I fully believe that because she unblocked and helped me awaken to, um, you know, the other's perception of me, that really contributed to me um, going out on my own and believing in it this time because I, I wanted to do this before. I've wanted to do this for so long. I always mm -hmm. had a partner though, who was not supportive and would say, well, you better, you know, he wanted the lifestyle that we had with the six figure income. And he didn't want me, he didn't want to support me going through the bottom and trying to build this thing. He just wanted to be where we were and be content in that. So he had money to spend mm -hmm. and, um, never cared whether it was my dream or not, or whether it was a gift that I needed to, you know, give to the world or another you know. form of abuse when you have a partner that's not supportive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, now my partner is like trying to help me figure out what SEO stuff he can, I don't even know how to do any of that, but like for my <laughs> website <laughs> and he's like, he's helping me get, you know, jars for my herbs and towel heaters and just oh everything. that's awesome he's like okay we got to fill your funnel now like so he's part of the brainstorming process of how this can be successful mm -hmm. and um you know he's he's truly acting as a partner to me and really wanting me to find success um and is reaching out to anybody that he can think of to start the conversation like what what are your ideas of what she can do to get her name out there and have people start to come see her and so i've actually had um at least four appointments every week that I've been gone, which is more than I expected, uh, honestly, and a couple new clients and a couple repeat cl clients. Um, but people are really getting well and they're healing. And I, I honestly think that's because I believe in myself so strongly now because I always knew it, but I was listening to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm done with that, man. I am done whatever she did. Like it just kind of woke me up and snapped me out of it. And now I'm kind of like, I don't allow anybody to try to tell me what I, if, if I did something innocently and it was not with any kind of malintent, which is hundred percent of the time, cause I don't mean harm to anybody ever, but you know, I, I, I say, no, I'm not accepting that. And I won't apologize to that because I, I didn't do anything wrong. So if you took that on you in a bad way, then that's, a That's you your issue. problem. Yep. Yes. Yep. And I'm starting to stand up for myself now. Um, I didn't realize before because I was always such a strong, bold personality. I didn't realize how much of a victim I really was and how much I was playing um, small. 
and I'm done playing small. I know what I carry. I know I have a gift. And now I just want to go and do that. And I want to heal as many people as I possibly can. And this is another weird thing. I just feel like time is urgent. Um, I, I, I'm not saying like, I think I'm going to die or anything, but like, I feel like time is speeding up and mm -hmm. I'm currently 44 and I'm like, okay, well, I, I plan to live till I'm 120. That's my plan. <laughs> um, I don't know what God's plan is for me, but from here until that time, <laughs> I, I literally just want to go and do this. I, um, I want to live it. I want to breathe it. I want to be it. Um, because it gives me supernatural energy. I love it so much. And mm -hmm. when I can help other people with that, that's just the icing on the cake. Like that just, that makes me feel better than any drug ever could. I, I'm well, positive uh, of that. I am so glad for you. Not, not glad that you had to go through all these crappy things. Um, but I'm glad that it happened in the way that it did and the steps that it did. And especially with your relationship. Yeah. So you could see that you were not being served to the best of his abilities. Mm -hmm. um, it was not a positive thing whatsoever. And you are such a vibrant, intelligent, caring, funny person. Thank you. And for people who don't know, or if anybody's new to the show, yes, we have actually met and hung out. <laughs> and she is phenomenal to spend time with. Um, and I love your energy and I love the way that you are. And you can just tell that there's, there's a lightness to you now. Yes. That, that was being stifled before. And I yeah. love that for you. Yeah. Cause when we hung out, I was married. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's, I think the sentiment that my sisters were trying to share that day is that, um, I'm very different. And that's, what's funny. Like I don't yell at my kids ever. Like I hardly ever even lose my temper, mm -hmm. um, anymore. My partner now, like we don't even so much as raise our voices to each other. If there's, um, anything that kind of, I, I it can't even call it a fight, but we just talk, mm -hmm. we talk it out, you know, um, it's very calm. And you know, what's funny was I was always pinned that that was always pinned on me that I was the emotional wreck. And I was the one whose emotions were always out of control and that I was the one who fill in the blank here. Right. And I, and I was believing it. Right. And what's so weird, um, when I saw this gal, that second visit, I looked at her and I said, yeah, I, I agree. I listen to what other people say. I have my whole life, even when my mom used to tell me negative stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And I said, but the, the strange thing is, is one thing I've always known to be true about myself, the one thing I can tell you right now and that I identify is that I've always had a very good heart. Mm -hmm. So I've always wanted good things for people. My heart bleeds for people. And, um, that was not the face that was, that I was putting off when I was in the clinic operational world. If my, if my brain was not congruent with my heart, I was straight up intimidating to people, which mm -hmm. still makes me laugh a little bit. Me being intimidating. To anybody, <laughs> I, like, I have heard that about me as well. And I'm like, yeah. Why? What? <laughs> you know, that's laughable in and of itself. Right. And, and, um, I just, but I don't want to be seen that way either. And now I don't think anybody's ever said that since this has happened, like they're not intimidated by me anymore. It's like, I've lost an edge, like a sharp 
edge. And mm -hmm. I didn't even know that I was wielding an edge or two. Mm -hmm. Who knows how many edges there were? I, I just was never really happy. And I kept trying to fix the stuff I was accused of. So I did go through a lot of learning and growth. And sure, I probably needed some of it. Um, but, uh, but the rest of it, it was just stuff other people were telling me. But what's weird is like, I've always been um, high energy, but like happy, fun, like Irish mm -hmm. girl energy, you know, like I'm a good time. And I almost, <laughs> that <laughs> really <he> is. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me so long to actually say that and believe it, but I really am. And, you know, when, when we would go out, um, even his friends would like me a lot and they would want me to sing, you know, I'm little miss karaoke because or I'm, dance in or a dance. restaurant. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I did do that. Yeah. I don't care. Like I just love having fun and I love making people laugh. So even if I have to get people to laugh at me because I'm being weird um, or kooky, then that makes me feel good that people are laughing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, cause maybe right. those people haven't laughed today or maybe mm -hmm. they don't have something's going on in their life and they can't laugh. I don't right. care if people laugh at me if I'm doing something zany. Um, but when I got in the car and after having fun and told I was nothing but an embarrassment right? and how yep. dare I behave that way. And I'm thinking yep. what your friends were enjoying it. Like they liked it. They were singing with me. What are you talking about? What did I do? I don't understand. Um, it, you know, time after time after time again, it just kind of wears on you. And I, I was at a point where I was saying, I don't want to go out anymore. I don't want to be with people. I don't like people. And that's mm -hmm. a total lie. That is a total lie. Right. Cause you I are was born loving person. people. Right. Yes. And for me to have come all the way the other direction, that is like danger. Will Robinson, you know? Right. And it's a, it's a control thing for them to be able to manipulate the situation and put you down and call you names and, you know, whatever. And it's kind of like you have to split into two people. You have your fun side and then you have your side that you have to be at home. Yes. And that is like my first marriage was a hundred percent exactly the same as yours. Yep. Only of course add in some physical stuff on top of that. Yeah. But it's like, Everybody else, like when I wasn't around him, you know, I was that fun, happy, whatever, joking and stuff. And then once I would be with him, it's like you knew you couldn't be that person because he absolutely despised everything about you. Yeah. 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 And, and it begs the question, how expensive is it to be you, to be who you are? Right. Um, you know, how much would it cost you to have to be who you really are? And mm -hmm. um, I actually read that in a book one time and I when I was married and I thought, oh, boy, that's a loaded question. Mm -hmm. um, it's everything because I feel like I can't be who I really am because nobody's going to like it because I'm too unrefined or I'm too zany and people won't take me seriously. Whatever it was like I was telling myself because I was always told that. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was even told, um, once by my mom, like, you're really difficult to love. And, um, and that was in defense of him. And this was years and years ago. Um, and so it was just stuff like that. And I don't really think that my parents fully understood until right. really mm -hmm. close to the end. And right. the, um, actually, I don't know, I think I shared this story with you at one point, but the, the end, uh, when I knew it was the end, um, he left me in a parking lot after mm -hmm. New Year's dinner right. and drove away while the door of the truck was still open. <clears throat> and um, 
it was sub-zero temperatures. I had to call my dad for a ride home and, um, which was embarrassing because I was in my forties. And, um, to me, that's kind of embarrassing when you have to get a ride from your dad because your husband left you. And when I started realizing that he would never have even left a dog in that weather, mm-hmm. um, to know that he left the person who's supposed to be the most important thing to him, right. mother mm-hmm. of his children, you know, to leave her out in the sub-zero temperature like that. I was like, that's, that's literally the line. I felt this invisible cord snap in my chest that day. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh my gosh, like the reality struck, like he didn't really love me. I think he was telling himself that he did. I don't think he, or maybe he convinced himself that he did, but I don't think he really understood what a healthy version of love is. Cause you, and maybe he, maybe he never will be able to understand that because people that are very self-centered and narcissistic like that, those are the people that usually have a series, a multiple (laughs) series of, uh, divorces or really bad relationships, nothing ever works Yep, because it's always about them. Yep. They exactly. was married to one of those. Yeah. So I'm super happy uh, that that's not the case anymore. And I'm, I'm super glad for you with this new relationship that it's completely the opposite. Yeah. And it's everything that you were missing for yeah. all of that time you have it all in one package. Yeah. And I get to, I get to actually discuss things now because to be fair, you know, there might be some trigger in me that, you know, if he does something and the old, the trauma is, it's a trauma response coming out. Right. Um, there are times I have to talk that out and then apologize and say, okay, that, that was not a you thing. Um, Mm -hmm. whatever you did triggered that response because, you know, I'm still repairing and healing from those traumas, which, you know, sometimes it almost feels silly for me to even call it that. But honestly, that's what it it is. Yeah. And the the more I go away from that relationship, um, it seems very surreal now. Um, It's kind of what I explain to people is um, the show uh, Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. It's like the land of the upside down, right? Where it's, it's like a mirror image, but shadow world of the right side up world. And that's how I felt that that's how I felt like that first year after, um, just kind of like I was walking around, not really sure of where I was. There's some players in, in my story that are the same, but not in the same way. It was really weird. Like it almost felt like a jump to timeline. I'm not Mm -hmm. kidding. Like it was really weird and, um, just couldn't make sense of up or down. And that's why I reached out to this gal and, and I said, I need something stronger than what therapy is going to give me because I don't need them to look in a textbook and try to, oh, and by the way, I did try to go to therapy, um, right afterwards before he canceled the insurance. Cause the divorce wasn't quite final yet. I was going to go and start having, um, therapy. They literally told me they could not see me because it was a conflict of interest, but they couldn't tell me what the conflict of interest was or why. And I knew it was because he was also going there. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had multiple providers. And so why couldn't I see another provider? I mm-hmm. had tried three times to get the appointment that I was at. I was literally in the appointment starting to talk to the therapist. And she just said, hold on a minute. And she left for the longest period of time and then came back, didn't even sit back down. She just stood up in front of me and said, I can't see you. And I'm like, um, okay, okay why? 
And she's like, it's a conflict of interest. And I started crying and she's like, well, don't get mad at me. And I was like, oh, that I love that because that's a sign right there. That was not where you were meant to be. A hundred percent. And she's like, well, why don't you, you know, if you need help, you need to come back and see somebody else. And I said, but you're telling me that I can't come back and see somebody else. Cause if he's coming here, which she, she's like, I can't even tell you that. And I was like, well, I know that's what the conflict is. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't born last night. Like I know what the conflict is. Are my dogs calling, calling you on a hotline or something? Right. Right. And <laughs> I was, just was like, I'm was done. Be? I thought, you know what, <laughs> this is hogwash. Like I'm trying to come in here and, and get help. Right. And she's turning me away. The least she could have done was try to get me something you know, right then and there or later that day or something. Cause I had already tried three times to get that appointment. And I was like, this is dumb. So I put it off and put it off. And I actually didn't start seeing the gal I'm seeing now until I think November was the first time. So it was like a full year later. And, um, I still just was feeling something was a little bit off and I knew I needed breakthrough in something. I knew there was just, I, I couldn't name it, but I could feel it. There was a block somewhere. And, um, she's, she's unblocking stuff, but it's really like whatever my subconscious is ready to release right now. And, um, your subconscious knows the order and what needs to go. And I asked her even, I said, is this the second appointment when I listen to everybody else? She's, I said, is this the reason why I've really never found success when I've tried to go out and do my business? Cause I was trying to build it up part-time while I had the day job so that I could transition and leave it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, absolutely. It's one of the reasons, because if you don't believe in who you are, right. nobody else is going to believe in you either. Mm -hmm. And right now you're, you're looking so externally for what everybody else is telling you that that's probably what's contributing to a lot of it. And that was like a big, you know, like mind blowing scenario. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh my gosh, it's all tied together in this web. And, um, ever since that appointment and that realization, I'm like, I'm ready to do this. I'm not afraid to do this. I'm trusting. And I trust that, that people need what I have and what mm -hmm. I can help with. And, you know, there's enough people for everybody. There's so many people that need help. Um, so no, I'm this time I, I have no fear. Yeah. So what, what all do you provide? And is there any services that you offer that, that you can do remotely with someone? Yeah. Um, I can do a lot of things remote. So um, I am currently getting my PhD in integrative medicine, which is frequency medicine. And so mm -hmm. I feel like um, the natural progression after I got my doctor of naturopathy, um, the natural progression has been to move towards emotion, emotional release stuff, um, which would make sense because I've always been pegged as having like these emotional issues and was never really taught how to manage emotions and stuff like that. So it would make sense that that's kind of where I was being pulled. And now it's kind of taking shape in the form of frequencies because frequency is everything. So first and foremost, I'm a traditional naturopath, which um, is not a Western medicine naturopath. I heal with food, herbs, essential oils, and frequency. So anything like truly, truly natural, homeopathics, Bach flower remedies, um, things like that. And that's first and foremost. So when people come to see me, I do, a, I start with a consult, which I can do remotely and I can run a scan, um, that basically gives a comprehensive 
report of everywhere in the body that there's an imbalance. So rather than me having somebody fill out their family history or do this horribly long intake, I actually am using a device that's just telling me what's going on in their body now. It's mm -hmm. not diagnostic, diagnostic, it's educational, but it's showing me where these imbalances lie so that I have like a, a guidepost, right? Like it's pointing right. me in certain mm -hmm. directions. They don't even have to tell me diagnoses. Um, but if somebody has diabetes and they don't tell me that and they come in, I'm going to see on the report that there's some insulin resistance happening because I'll see pancreas and I'll see insulin as the hormone. And, you know, it'll tell me that. And I just put the pieces together and I'll say, you know, oh, it looks like you got some insulin resistance. And that's when they go, oh, yeah, I'm type two or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it's insanely accurate. And it's just a voice sample that I need. So and I have two different scanning tools actually now that I use. Um, I, I got the AO scanner, um, which is one of them. And then Genius Scanner is, a, is the other one. And they both do different things. But then what happens is they have frequency subsets that optimize what's out of balance. So I'm going to also then try to correct whatever I can correct in that person right then and there. And then whatever's left that didn't get corrected and balanced out, that's what we're going to work on. And typically what that looks like is I start people on a detox if they've never done one before, because I can't, um, I can't help when the room is dirty, right? I got to mm -hmm. see, I got to see after we clean everything out, let's see what's left because that might take care of a lot of the issues. Um, I do parasite cleanses and get rid of molds and fungus at the same time as that detox. And I do it very mildly. So the detox I can make and send to people. Um, and then they just follow the instructions. Um, Please tell me that the parasite cleanse doesn't have apple cider vinegar. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, hey, man. <laughs> nope. Um, and I can also save gallbladders too. And I have a variety of different ways to accommodate, to accomplish the same thing, getting the stones out of the gallbladder and the liver. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as long as you're not having gallbladder attacks, like right now, um, I can pretty much get gallbladder stones out. So you don't ever have to lose organs. And I really, I really tell people, please try not to cut stuff out of your body. Obviously, if there's, you know, an accident or something that's a traumatic situation and you have to, um, that's understandable. But I always tell people, please don't get yourself a hysterectomy just because you're mad that you're still you still have a period at 50. Like, mm -hmm. you know, let's let's be logical, like let's get it to act appropriate. And, and we can do that very quickly and easily, honestly. Um, and detox really helps with that, too, because it's just angry because it's dirty. So we mm -hmm. just need to clean it all out. And then at that point. We basically just, <laughs> Janet, you're like, well, some are dirtier than others. I'll tell you I was that. just going to say that I would just, our son is going to medical school. And so we were having this discussion the other day because he's getting ready to take, um, what is it? The MCAT exams yep. or something. Yeah. And uh, so he was talking about like specialties and whatever. And he said something about OB at the place he works at right now. And I'm like, Oh, Holy hell. No. <laughs> I'm like, worst thing I ever did in my life was work in OB. And I'm like that just having that conversation, just <laughs> then, it brought that up because I told him, I'm like, we had patients that the doctor would make an order at the hospital when this, XYZ person came in to deliver mandatory shower before he would come in. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So that is no lie. Yes. Some are way dirtier than others. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and throw that in there. Sorry. And lucky for me, I don't have to look at them. We just talk about it. And um, I mean, it's, I'm not necessarily afraid to, but I'm not, I'm not a medical doctor. And so I'm really more of educating the person and then the person mm-hmm. makes the decision. So I don't, um, I don't have supplements in my office. I just tell you what supplements to get. And I recommend a certain brand that I like, that I trust. Um, mm-hmm. But really, whatever the person wants to get and um, has the means to, to or resources to afford is what they get. And I try to keep that really reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Because let's face it, there's, there, I mean, we could all use a little extra in our pockets these days with inflation and everything. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I try to find what's going to be effective and not kill the pocketbook either. Um, So then I also have a couple. So I'm a massage therapist too, which definitely has to be in person. Um, And then I do raindrop technique with essential oils, which if you haven't done that, you have to, that, that is amazing. Um, But again, that's something I do on the table. Aroma dome is another thing. It's like putting a tent over the person and then piping in straight essential oils. So they're getting like, if they're starting to get a sinus infection or get the Mm -hmm. crud, I can knock that out in a 20 minute session if we catch it fast enough. And so that's another in-person service. Um, Any of the energy stuff like emotion code, where I basically um, dislodge and remove stored and stored emotions and trauma in the body, I can do that remotely. So any energy work, I can do it that way. Um, And then I have the terahertz frequency wands. I have like three of them. And that's terahertz frequency with a quartz crystal shaft in that, which amplifies the frequency and it heals the body. So it's healing tissue. Mm -hmm. Um, It has a red light and a blue light. So the blue light's what dermatologists use to heal skin, you know, age spots and wrinkles and all that kind of stuff. It's the same technology. And then an infrared light for healing. Um, in my really big one that I, the really nice one that I have, I've, it's got all sorts of, um, gemstones in it, like Jasper, Carnelian, Sodalite, um, Quartz, uh, Lapis Lazuli. And all of that is because of the frequency of crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's in the shaft of it. So it kind of looks like a straight hairdryer and it sounds like a hairdryer and it comes out hot like a hairdryer as well. But when I run over the meridians of the body and open those pathways, then the body is able to heal itself, which mm-hmm. is exactly what I want to do as a traditional naturopath. I want that body to, to do on its own. So I just give it enough so that the body wakes up and goes, oh, I know I can take it from here. I, I know mm-hmm. what to do now. Um, so that's kind of in a nutshell, a lot of what I do. Um, gosh, sometimes I forget like there's there's a lot. Um, oh, I have a brain tap which is a headset with a little visor that pulls down and the visor has a lights that repattern you and you listen to these programs that help repattern your brain. And so it's kind of like life mastery, um, positive thinking, um, magnetizing success. There's sleep programs in there if people are struggling to sleep, mm-hmm. things like that. So, um, but yeah, so I have- that, that kind of sounds like the EMDR therapy where it repatterns yeah by you usually using light sound. sometimes mm-hmm. sound yeah yeah and yeah. the sound um it's anywhere from um dr patrick porter is the guy's name um it's either his voice or some uh, somebody else's voice but there's also like different sounds and there's some that are just pulses of sound 
too. Mm -hmm. And that's the frequency ones. And it just kind of depends, like if you need deep beta sleep, deep theta sleep, you know, whatever it is that you're targeting or trying to accomplish. So my little 14 year old gal, um, she's a swimmer and she downloaded that app. I, I was kind of doing the brain tap with her after emotion code sessions. So it's like, I would release all these emotions from her. Then I'd put her in that brain tap for 20 minutes. And that was the session that I had with her. Well, she was growing in leaps and bounds. She was, and we were, we were having to fix her physically as well. Cause, um, she got very, very ill and, um, there's, she's swimming in lots of critters all do all of that physically and work her back up. But as we were doing that, we got rid of the emotions that might've been pinching the energy pathways in her body. Mm -hmm. And now she's smiling all the time. She's singing. She, and her mom was like, oh my gosh, we're singing behind the blocks before we swim now. And it's just like such victory for this child. And so she got the app and she listens to it before her swim meets. And now she's improving her times. Mm -hmm. And so there, it like, you know, stuff like this, you can mm -hmm. never convince me that the energy work that I'm doing with emotion code, even brain tap and repatterning brains. Um, you can't tell me that doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, I had somebody telling me the other day, like, I think I just need therapy. Like I need some, I need to really heal. And I said to her, I go, why do you think that? Is it because the world is telling you that's the only way you're going to heal is through mm -hmm. therapy? Because right. I can tell you, I'm watching this stuff change people's lives. I'm watching it. And I'm sorry, but a little 14 year old girl is not going to buy into the woo woo stuff and like pretend and fake mm -hmm. it. Right. She just knows what she feels mm -hmm. and is kind of, you know, um, sort of like at the, um, you know, her emotions kind of dictate because she's 14, like emotions dictate everything when you're a teenager <laughs> and, Hormones. you know, and she's a hundred percent. Yeah. And she is getting on top of this and she is eager to, and she, she feels the difference so much that she loves coming to the sessions, loves them. And I would tell you, this is a family that would most likely not believe in this kind of stuff if they weren't so jaded and sick and tired of what the doctors were trying. They, the doctors right. didn't know. And they, they literally, this, you're going to laugh so hard when I tell you what they told her that she had. They were diagnosing her with um, vocal cord disease. I didn't even know there was such a thing. And, um, this girl is like, her eyes were all hollow and sunken in. She clearly was low in spirit. She, I mean, just looking at her face, I could tell you she had parasites and mold in her. And of course the doctors don't test for any of that. And right. I'm starting to get really good at noticing when they show up and how right. they show up in people. And, um, I told her mom exactly what I thought. And she goes, okay, that makes sense. They're trying to tell me that my kid has vocal cord disease and they gave me a page of exercises, like vocal exercises to do. And then they charged me $500 and that was it. They said they couldn't find anything else wrong with her. And they took her to a pulmonologist because her, along with all these other kids that are swimming, they are, um, it's exacerbating their asthma symptoms. And she doesn't have asthma, but she was struggling to breathe while she was in the pool. And I'm like, yeah, that sounds like mold. And, um, and so <clears throat> I'm curious how they made the diagnosis that they made from, from observing her symptoms and listening to her symptoms, how, how that even came about. I don't, 
I'm not sure, but when you hear her talk, <clears throat> she's got a very, very soft little voice, like very soft, almost whispery, quiet voice. Mm -hmm. And she's so much better now. And I can tell you that's still her voice. Mm -hmm. That's still how she sounds. And um, she's very stoic for her age. Um, she's really not an emotional drama type. Um, but, you know, like a lot of people can store it pretty good and they still don't show any of that externally. Right. Like she internalized it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's all I can think of is the sound of her voice is because they couldn't find anything with her lungs. And yet she's got such a soft little voice that they're thinking that there's something broken with her voice. It's the dumbest thing. I don't even know. I'm just like, okay, now you're really throwing darts with a blindfold on because you are not even using your brain to think through this. Hence yeah. the word practitioner because they're practicing. They have no flipping clue. Yeah. And it's not surprising to me because some of the things that I've seen throughout my career or you know, friends or family, whatever people tell me that they were diagnosed with something. I'm like, how? Yeah. I'm like, in, in what world? Mm -hmm. And where are they getting? It's kind of like with her, it's an assumptive diagnosis because they didn't like the tone of her voice. Yeah, exactly. And so that's how they came about their diagnosis. I, um, I took my son early December because um, he had just finished the crud and he still had this lingering cough and um, he was using his diffuser every night. And so he seemed to get on top of it and he came to me and he's like, mom, it really hurts when I, when I cough. And I'm like, okay, what do you mean? Like, does it feel like fire in your chest or does it just hurt? And he's like, it feels kind of like fire. And I thought, oh crap, you know? So I did take him to the walk-in because I all I wanted them to tell me, and I said this to them, I only want you to say, yes, there's pneumonia or no, there's not. Like, yes, there's a crackle in his lungs or no, there's not. And if there's a crackle, they would have died. You know, they would have said, let's do an x-ray, right? Right. Well, because um, I know the drill. I used to work in that world. So I'm thinking, all I want you to say is yes or no. Well, they felt like they had to give us a diagnosis. And I'm thinking... Why do they feel that they need to? There, there has to be something where parents are going in going, well, my kid has something. You need to tell me what this is. And then they just give you a name because they think you're not going to survive without having a name for this condition. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. I can heal anything else, but I'm going to get on top of pneumonia fast if that's what this is. I'm not taking chances. Right. And he had had it and I thought he was over it. So the chances were pretty low. But I, I don't mess around with it because when my daughter was three, we almost missed it. And I just, that's probably the residual mom guilt. So I always get right on top of that to be sure. Right. But that's all I wanted them to tell me because they've got the instruments to confirm or deny the crackle and then the x-ray. And he ended up um, with chondritis. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know the full title. Congestive yeah, costrochondritis. Yeah. Yeah. It's super common. Yeah, it's just okay. because of his coughing, the tissues, the cartilage in his chest was sore. And that was yep. it. I'm like, yep. he's just inflamed. I can fix that. But I, you know, it's like they gave me a steroid. Yes. They literally gave me a steroid um, to go fill. And I looked at him and I said, we're not filling this. And he's mm -hmm. like, okay. And I said, it's probably going to hurt, but we can put the terahertz wand on it and we can heal it pretty quickly. He mm -hmm. had a, an allergic reaction to a cashew one time. And I timed it. It was eight minutes from the time I started wanding him to the time that the symptoms stopped 
completely and never came back. And that's normally a five hour ER visit. And all they do is give him liquid Benadryl and watch him for five hours and then mm -hmm. send me a bill right, for, for babysitting him. And so um, this wand is like doing some pretty impressive things and it's frequency medicine. So I know a lot of people out there think I do weird things, but Hey, you know what, if it works and I'm not charging you $500 a pop, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually quite reasonable. And I know that people can't afford alternative methods if they're too expensive. You know, if we went to the Western medicine world and tried to pay out of pocket for those things without benefits, there's no way, there's yeah. no way. And I'm just not even, I just don't even come close to that with mm -hmm. my pricing. And, you know, right now, as I'm starting out, I'm at a promotional level and it will go up, but I'm still probably never going to at max ever like hit where Western medicine is. And that's because they're just trying to milk the money from the payers. They're trying right. to get as much money from those big, you know, insurance companies that they can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's the, it's the cycle of business that they have, but the costochondritis is so common, especially in kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and anything that causes inflammation or irritation or the, you know, the, the, cartilage between the rib cage, whether it's from, you know, massive amounts of stress or, uh, you know, whatever, usually that's the case, hormonal swings and, and stress related wow. stuff. And, you know, even something as simple as like a heating pad helps that tremendously, but they always want to do steroids or really heavy anti-inflammatories to treat that. Yep. And so I use my magic wand. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's, it's so funny because it can mimic either heart related stuff mm -hmm. or lung related stuff all the time. And so yep. people are constantly flooding ERs or doctor's offices or whatever. And it's just something simple. Yep. So. Yeah. And I'm happy to say we never did full, full, fill that prescription and he never took it because I mean, steroids, that's a serious thing. Like he didn't mm -hmm. have inflammation that bad. I, I am honestly really surprised that they gave a teenager steroids I'm not. just in case. I'm like, he's not hurting that bad that he can barely breathe and function. Like he was functioning mm -hmm. just fine, you know, and it just, it just hurt him. And we just wanted, all I wanted was confirm or deny pneumonia. That was it, you know, but they mm -hmm. had to go the extra step because they think that's what all these parents want. Right. And I'm like, why do we have to name everything? I mean, why don't we look at what the root of stuff is, you know? Um, and for that, it's probably just because he wasn't, with him going back and forth to different houses, it's like one house has natural remedies. I'm not entirely sure what's going on at the other house, but they don't even have aspirin sometimes there. Or, mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that I, I always have on hand. Um, and so they're they're only getting half of the natural treatments that, you know, they would normally be getting. And so that, that kind of stuff's going to sneak up on you. I do make, I did make sure he has a diffuser at both houses though. And he has oils at both houses because he uses it every night. And my mm -hmm. kids rarely get sick as long as they've got that going on. So, right. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. I am so, again, I just have to tell you this happy, um, that you're here today because you are like radiating this positive, beautiful light. And I have missed that dearly with oh, you. Thank you. Me too. Dearly, dearly. It's about time for another um, trip. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> With dancing and dining in restaurants and, and cards and... against humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and the fire hydrant. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an excellent picture. <laughs> <laughs> that it was. So if somebody wants to, um, like, start on this journey with you, mm -hmm. how do they go about contacting you? What can they expect from, like, the first contact, whatever? Um, well, I actually do a free 15 minute discovery call for people so that they can kind of um, I, I walk them through a series of questions so that I can kind of see what's going on with them. And I can assess whether it's something I feel like I can definitely help them with. And then they have opportunity to ask me any questions as well. Um, you know, about their, like, how am I going to go about doing the things that I think I can help them with? And so if anybody wants to do a, a free discovery call with me, and it usually turns out more than 15 minutes because, you know, I really want to make sure people feel comfortable, but um, they can either email me at creative light wellness number four at gmail.com, or they can reach out to me either on Facebook or Instagram, which is at creative light 16. And then I also have a website, which is creativelightwellness.org. So you can, you can get me on any one of those places. I check them all pretty regularly and, um, I can set up a call with, with anyone if they want to begin work. Um, and if they know that they just want to start then they just need to reach out and say, Hey, I need to set an appointment for a consult or an emotion code session or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's fantastic. And I think people should take advantage of that. Um, I want to take advantage of that because uh, we never did get to discuss the weirdness of the one scan that I had. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was some crazy shit. Um, yeah. And the, frequencies that like it gave me five different frequencies or whatever afterwards and it, it read me very weird like mm -hmm. just, just like personality traits and stuff that I am not definitely am not and what had happened was right before the scan mm -hmm. um, I had a very lengthy phone call with somebody that was in crisis mode and so it kind of like picked up mm -hmm. it, it was reading like their stuff and so then I'm sitting out on the patio and I'm I'm listening to these tones that it gave me and it made my whole entire carport full of flies and bees wow like everywhere it was like it was like blanketed black on a white wow. ceiling. It was so strange. And I'm like, what the heck? And then when we retested it the next time, because that stuff was so weird, um, then it was normal. Huh. Um, you know, energy definitely is contagious. And um, that's, I'm glad you actually bring that up too, because mm -hmm. um, I tell people a lot, I am very, very, very careful who I give my energy to and what I open my energy up to. 100%. Um, so 
that's why it took me so long to find this gal that's repatterning me because I knew that she used energy and would have to like enter my biofield. And, and mm -hmm. I had to be okay with that and let her because I am really guarded and I don't just let anybody and it has right. to be somebody that I fully trust. Right. So if you were in crisis mode with somebody and you were kind of, you're an empath anyway, I know. Yeah. And, um, you know, you, people come to you and tell you all of their crap half the time. Um, it was probably definitely like reading what was mixing mm -hmm. in with your biofield and just scrambling it up. Whenever mm -hmm. there's flies and bees, there's definitely some like darker energy in there. Mm -hmm. And really it doesn't mean, I mean, I'm not saying like possession or like demonic nothing. I'm just saying like it's stagnant energy mm -hmm. and um, needed to probably be moved differently. And yep. so that's probably what it was. So though that same scanner actually can erase any, um, like, so if, if that happens again, you can actually erase, um, the negative energy off of yourself, put a shield around yourself and then like get a, a pure reading. So you can kind of erase that before you take another one, just to be sure that you're it not was, bringing the, anybody else's stuff. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing because it, it was like, it reads through like your body and, and different color levels and whatnot. Yeah. And it was telling me all these weird things about myself. And I'm like, this is definitely not me because mm -hmm. I'm very in tune with who I am. And I'm like, this is not, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. It's from that phone call. And yeah. then with the bees and the, and the flies, I was like, whoa, I even took a video and I'm, I'm like, what the hell is That's this? crazy. It was just like swarmed and it was yeah. from these stones. And I, I was like, okay, this is like, ugh. yeah, like didn't make me feel great. And so then we like did a follow up and, and she ran a different scan on me and I was like, okay, this is more normal. Yeah. And this is more like me. Yeah. And, and if it was the AO scanner, um, yeah. that one needs a couple of them anyway, to kind of really learn who you are as a person. And so if you got one that was really kind of wonky like that, because it was somebody else's energy mixed with yours, mm -hmm. um, then the next one is going to be just yours and it's going to start to level out. And so like having, that's why, um, with the scanning tool, I, I try to tell people, you know, do this three times a month and mm -hmm. you can actually like, it's like 50 bucks for three scans a month. And all you have to do is send me your voice and your self, uh, no, not your selfie every time, but just your voice. And, um, then I can program that in, rerun the scan, send you the frequency set and you'll get it more regularly because our frequencies change so, so right. quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it, it can be done in a day, um, up to three days. So when you get sent that, those, um, the frequencies really don't listen to it past three days. Um, mm -hmm. and, and even then that might be pushing it, you know, and having your scan run more often, that scanner is going to learn more about you. Like I actually, the other day I accidentally ran a scan for a gal, um, under my name. And I was like, wait a second, this is really weird. This doesn't make any sense. Cause she was starting to say, no, no. And I don't have people disagree with it a lot. And mm -hmm. then I finally figured out, I forgot to change the name to her name before I ran it. And <laughs> so I, the, the scanner thought it was me and it was her voice. So yeah, that totally jacked all of my stuff up. Um, so we actually had to rerun her scan again, uh, clearly. So it was who it, the scanner knew her to be with birth date and all of that kind of stuff. And then mm -hmm. her voice, because it had heard her before. And so, um, it, it's something about how the frequencies are, are even, or, um, averaged out. 
and mm -hmm. how it how it ends up reading you because it kind of takes the previous information it based on the current stuff you're giving it and then that's how it figures out any changes that's so interesting i'm i'm interested to have uh a scan done more complete because yours is definitely more complete than the the, the thing that I did before. So yeah, I can get very... to the blood level. I can get to, um, lipids. I can get to amino acids. Um, I, I mean, it's very, very comprehensive. It tells me food sensitivities doesn't mean you're allergic to them. It just means mm, maybe not today. Don't eat those today. Like I had blackberries yesterday morning in my yogurt cause I love blackberries. And then I went and scanned myself and it was like, you should probably not eat blackberries. And I was like, well, crap. So it was probably just not the right time. And those blackberries could cause inflammation. Um, but that could change tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. And so um, today I just didn't have the blackberries because I'm trying to pace myself because I'd, I'd eat them every day if I could. I but know. I love We don't need anything every day, you know? And so that scanner is that accurate. And I, it can also tell emotions as well, which is a different report. Um, it, it also reads meridians and chakras. But how I read that is... I want to see clear energy pathways so that I know your body's able to heal itself. Mm -hmm. And if it's, if there's stagnant energy or if it's not optimizing, then I look at the physical aspects and even the emotional connections, because whatever's happening in your world is directly related to, um, you know, the physical stuff in whether it's solar plexus or throat chakra, whatever it is. Right. Um, a friend of mine came to see me today and her T1 and T2 were out, out and she, she was told, get this, she was told by a PA that, uh, or no, she was an NP, I think. She was told that she had herniated discs. And I said, wait a second, didn't this kind of come on rather quickly? And she's like, yeah, it happened, you know, in the course of a day or two. And I was like, well, then how is that a herniated disc? That doesn't make sense. That sounds a little bit chronic versus this onset, you know, right. Right. the last two days. And so I was giving, I was wanding her. And then I looked up the emotional connection to the T1 and T2, 100%. So she's in the middle of switching jobs. And she really had some guilt leaving this job to go to the next one. And she gave herself two weeks off to get some stuff done and, you know, just kind of take a break for once. And it was her and sh her divorce story is actually almost the same as mine. And uh, right down to 23 years, it was about the same period of time um, when she got divorced and everything. And it, the T1, the emotional connection was that you're afraid to truly live your truth and mm -hmm. you're afraid of life. And she has been. And the way she talks reflects that. And so we had a good conversation today. And I said, well, um, things need to shift because now it's manifesting in your spine and it's, you know, pulling your muscles out and everything. And I said, I think this is just kind of your body indicating we got to get this emotion wrapped up and we got to identify like, like stop being afraid to live. Now you're switching positions. You made a choice for yourself. It's time to go and live your life and be confident in your decision to do that. And, you know, let him go because he was very much emotionally traumatizing for her too. Mm -hmm. And I think she's just still bewildered that, you know, it happened for so long and that like the way that it ended and everything, she's just not sure how she's going to continue either, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like starting to manifest in her back. So, and it's a good, good thing to know those things because then you can kind of like reinvent yourself basically, yep. and, and go back to things that you 
really are passionate about that maybe mm -hmm. you have to give up during your marriage or, you know, relationship or, or whatever. And it's stuff that was like in the baggage in your relationship was holding you back from living the life that you've always wanted yes. to live. Yep. And that's what I would just urge people, like whatever you feel the most yourself doing, pay attention to that. That is mm -hmm. indicating that you need to be in that lane. And I, I can tell you from personal experience now that when you're fully aligned with who you are and who you were created to be, you will feel the resonance of that and it will mm -hmm. manifest properly. And then things will just start showing up for you. I've right. had a lot of connections I've made in the last few weeks um, that are that are hopefully going to end up in a lot of um, good business. But a lot of it has been veterans, which is interesting. Right. My dad's a Vietnam vet. And that's that was never at the front of my mind. But now all of a sudden, these veteran opportunities are popping up for me because they're all wanting to try to help find them alternative ways to heal. Because PTSD. Yeah, because mm -hmm. clearly the the current ways are not really helping them. And the VA is useless because it, it they can't get in to see anybody and it takes forever. Um, you know, so there's there's a lot of stuff that's kind of starting to show itself and I'm just really excited. I'm like, all right, let, I let know, me right? <laughs> let the good times come yep. in. Let's see what well, I can help with. I am so proud of you and I'm proud of you for actually putting this first. Thank you. After all those years and after all of that time, I'm glad it's on the front burner now because what you do is so important for people and you, you definitely deserve to be doing what you love and enjoy. And you are a godsend to people. Um, and I love you dearly. Thank you. So Thank you. hi, baby. She needs her 15 minutes today. This hi. is Midge. She's like, <laughs> I'm here for my cameo. Yep. She's like, I'm gonna just keep barking until you like Midge. acknowledge my existence. Midge. Midge. She's Can not looking. Look, look right here. She's like, nope. Look mm -mm. right here. Hey. <laughs> She's like, like, I don't where? know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just but kiss. thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And um so glad to reconnect with you. And Me sorry too. I've been absent, but I think it was some necessary, necessary. time to get myself yeah. back to who I needed. really am. So. so thank you very much for joining me today. It was an honor and a pleasure, my dear. I'm Same. glad you're back. Um, I'm glad I know that you are still existing and now you're thriving. So Thank you very much for joining me and for me and for Ms. Shannon. We'll see you next time. Have a good one.